time to get into the Word today, so everybody say, let's go. John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36, I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. Jesus said to the people who believed in Him, You are truly my disciples if, shout if, if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We've never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. If you will bear with me for a few moments today, I want to preach you just a simple message I've simply titled, Free. And I'm going to believe that God's going to minister to us in this room today. Pray with me one more time. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for these precious people that have assembled together here today to celebrate with our baptismal candidates, to worship you in spirit and in truth on this holiday weekend. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would anoint these lips of clay to deliver your words. Don't let me speak with the enticing words of men's wisdom. But Father, let me preach today your word in the power and in the demonstration of your spirit. Lord, move me out of the way that your spirit may be increased within me. Anoint every ear to hear in every heart to receive what thus saith the word of God to this people for this day. And Lord, more than anything, I pray, Lord, that there would be many people in this room under the sound of my voice today and those watching online, uh, whether saved or maybe not saved this morning, but God, they would walk away from this place or from that computer screen or that TV in their living room. And Lord, they would walk away today free by the power that only comes from you. We'll give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, everybody said, amen. You may be seated. As we think about and celebrate our freedom today, I'm thankful that even in the mess that we find ourselves living in in this world, I'm thankful today that I can still at least say that I'm living in a country that both promotes and protects our freedom. Listen, that's a blessing, that we're living in a country that does promote and protect our freedom. We could be somewhere else today where it's not legal to assemble together to worship Jesus, but I'm thankful this morning that we have that freedom. I'm also thankful today for the many men and women who serve to protect and to defend our freedom. We should honor them, not just today, but every day. But even more than that, I am thankful this morning, more than those freedoms, more than those that have sacrificed, I'm thankful this morning for the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. Is anybody thankful for that today? And I'm thankful for this church Because this church was founded upon the vision of seeing men, women, boys and girls set free by the power of God. That's how we were founded. To be set free from all kinds of bondages, all kinds of addictions, all kinds of sin, and all kinds of oppression. And I would venture to say that even in this room today, there are folks, not just those who are lost, there are also also folks in this room today who may be ready to meet the Lord should they go out into eternity. But yet you came in here today with some type of chain, some type of bondage, some type of addiction But I came today with some good news that Jesus can set you free Can I get a witness this morning? When you walk through those sanctuary doors every Sunday, if you look up you'll see the words above the door And that was intentional, free to love, free to serve, and free to worship Free to love as God loves others. Free to serve God and our fellow man. And listen, if you're not serving somewhere in the church, I can't 
explain to you or help you understand what a blessing you will receive by serving unless you just commit to serve. Uh, but free to serve God and our fellow man and free to worship God in spirit and in truth and in the power of Pentecost. I'm thankful this morning that we are free to do that. I'm thankful that last Sunday, listen, if you want to know when God's in the house, last Sunday between two different services, one in the 845 but seven in the 11 a.m. service, seven people who were baptized in the Holy Spirit in the 11 a.m. service, they weren't baptized when I was laying hands on them. They were baptized just like on the day of Pentecost as cloven tongues of fire descended from heaven and set upon each of them, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you that freedom does not exist everywhere. That freedom does not exist in every church. But I'm thankful that I'm in a church this morning that, that chooses, that desires to worship God in spirit and in truth, but also worship Him in the power of Pentecost. Is anybody thankful for that this morning? In Mark chapter 11, I didn't give them this scripture, but we read that Jesus sent his disciples on a mission to go and loose, say loose. Go and loose a colt because he had need of him. That's what the word said. Then in the book of Luke chapter 9 and verse 1, the New Living Translation, we read that one day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and he gave them power. Say power. And authority. Say authority. To cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. He sent his disciples to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Listen, the gospel is the power of God. Paul said in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation unto everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The gospel is the power of God to loose humanity from Satan's power, from sin, from sickness, from disease, from oppression. The word loose simply means to unbind, to release from bonds or to set free. Another definition of the word is, as it is used in scripture is to declare unlawful, to do away with, or to deprive. I love this one. To deprive of authority. The gospel is the power of God to loose you. Are you with me this morning? It's the power of God to unbind you. The gospel. To declare Satan's activity in your life as unlawful. And I love this. To deprive the devil of his authority and to take away his power in your life. You may be here this morning and you may be a follower of Jesus but you might have walked in heavy. You might have walked in with some burdens. You might have walked in with some oppression. You might have walked in with some chains. You might have walked in with some anxiety. But I came to tell you this morning the gospel is the power of God to loose you, to unbind you, and to declare Satan's activity in your life is unlawful and to deprive his authority over you. The gospel, what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. Could anybody use some good news? The good news of what Jesus has done and the good news of what Jesus is doing. Pastor Nicholas said it when he was praying at the conclusion of worship. God, we thank you for what you're doing in this place. I'm thankful for what he's doing in this place. 
This morning, those four made 27 people that we have baptized uh, since October the 3rd when we moved in this building. 27 people that have followed the Lord in water baptism. Is anybody thankful for what the Lord has done and what He's doing? The gospel is the good news. The good news of Jesus' life, His death, His substitution, His suffering in our place on the cross. His rising from the dead that we celebrate. His ascending into the heavens. And His returning to live in us by and through the power of the Holy Ghost. He said, I have to leave you, but if I go, I'm going to send another comforter. Jesus sent His disciples to do the same things that Jesus Himself had been doing. And I got a newsflash for us this morning. Now, we are His disciples. And now we have the same ministry that Jesus had. If you say, I don't know what to do in ministry, just read this book. And read about the things that Jesus did. We have the same ministry that the disciples had. According to Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 6, we are to fast. Boy, that's a lost art in the church today. We are to fast, the word says, to see him loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. If there's, there's a few things in the church today that I consider lost arts. Two of them are prayer and fasting. We underestimate the power of prayer, but we also underestimate the power of fasting. Angie's great-grandmother used to say it like this. She would say three days of fasting will bring deliverance, but four days will bring the angels down. I think we'd do good if we could get some of us to go one day. Can I get a witness this morning? Prayer and fasting. Why do you think Jesus told his disciples when they came to him and said, Lord, we tried to cast out this demon. We couldn't cast him out. How did you do it? Jesus said, do you not know? This kind don't come out but by prayer and fasting. That's two lost arts in the church today. According to Isaiah 58 and 6, we're supposed to fast. To see him loose the bands of wickedness. To undo heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. And to break every yoke. You and I are commissioned To loose those who are bound. We have been anointed. We have been authorized. And if we've been filled with the Holy Spirit, we have been empowered to loose humanity. Luke chapter 13 and verse 10. On the Sabbath day as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been double bent for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her and instantly she could stand straight. How she praised God. Listen, I want to tell you this morning, that same Jesus that we just read about on the screen is here right now this morning. He's here right now this morning. And he can loose you wherever you may be bound. And he can straighten you up so that you can glorify God. Jesus told us to go into the world and preach the gospel, this good news, to every creature. The gospel is the power of God to loose you, to liberate you, to deliver you. But it's also the gospel to heal you. It's the gospel to save you. And it's the gospel to set you free. And in our main text this morning, Jesus said, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, that's why we'll always be a church that preaches the uncompromising, unadulterated Word of God. 
Because a good motivational message that will make you leaving here feeling good about yourself will not set you free. But the truth, how many know sometimes the truth hurts? Can I get a witness this morning? Anybody ever told you the truth about something? It was kind of a harsh truth and it smacked you in the face, but nonetheless it was a truth. The word said you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. What is this truth that makes us free? Pastor, what is this truth that liberates us? Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 10 through 12. But it was the Lord's good plan. Now this is, I want you to focus and concentrate on this first statement. It was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Think about that. That's an oxymoron in that statement to most of us. It's contradictory because how can something that crushes us and causes us grief be good for us? But he said it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. And this is foretelling, prophesying about Jesus. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. For he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. The Lord laid on him, and another translation said, the iniquity of us all. Jesus took our sins, our iniquities, our transgressions, and Jesus paid for our sin and our sickness. Jesus went to hell so that you and I could go to heaven. Say amen somebody. Your debt, has your sin debt has been paid in full. I don't know if there's anybody like me in here this morning or not. But I'll be transparent and tell you. My sin debt has been paid in full. But every now and then I find myself getting back in debt. Can I get a witness? I find myself doing something that I think, oh my goodness, why did I think that? Why did I say that? Anybody ever just had some type of blurp? That before you really thought about it, you just blurped it out. And then you thought, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Every once in a while, I find myself getting back in a little bit of debt. But I'm so glad that every time you and I make a trip back to the foot of the cross, there's always sufficient grace. There's always sufficient funds there to pay off the debt that we owe every time we make a trip back to Calvary. Because of what Jesus did, I'm authorized to tell you today, if you will just believe the gospel, you will be set free. The price has already been paid for your sins. Satan's dominion over your life has ended. Romans chapter 6 and verse 14 said, For sin shall not have dominion over you, but you are not under the law, but under grace. If you're saved, yeah, you might make mistakes, but sin should not have dominion over you. Colossians 1 and 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son? This is the gospel that delivers us from the power of sin and also from sickness. Matthew chapter 8 
verses 16 and 17. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word, and he healed all that were sick. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, or Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5. This one's familiar to most of us. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. You want to talk about healing and sin again? First Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. See the first Adam brought the double curse. He brought sin and sickness but the second Adam which was Jesus brought the double cure. He brought salvation for our souls and he brought healing for our bodies. Hallelujah. The gospel is not just words. It's not just theories. It's not just concepts or philosophies or theology. The gospel is power. Say power. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 20. Paul said, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Just because, listen to your pastor this morning. I'm going to throw this out there for you. Just because it's big doesn't mean it's part of the kingdom. It's going to get quiet in here now. Just because a lot of people go there doesn't mean there's any power. Woo. Quiet. I want to tell you this morning, that's why we need to stop all the nonsense in the church world that's being done to grow churches nowadays. I told the 845 crowd, and I'm going to tell you this morning, it's dangerous for a young, zealous pastor to go to a church growth seminar these days. Because they're so hungry to grow a church, they'll bite off anything that's fed to them Carry it back to their church. But I want to tell you, I'm going to say it loud and proud again. Just because a lot of people go there doesn't mean there's any power. Just because it's big does not mean it's part of the kingdom. And I'm not throwing off on other churches, but I'm telling you this morning, I would rather pastor a church that's full of the power of the Holy Spirit than a mega church that has no power and has few regenerates. I want to be in a place where the power of God is changing lives and setting people free. Listen, it's not about... LED walls and special effects and lighting. Although, listen to me, I love all of that stuff. Trust me. I love it. As a matter of fact, if the Lord lays on one of y'all's hearts to pay for an LED wall, we'll install it as soon as she's paid for, praise the Lord, in a heartbeat. But they're expensive. But I love them. But it's not about that. I want to tell you something else. It's not about cool clothes and funky shoes. And wild hairdos and cute little glasses. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with all of those things either. But this is all I'm saying. 
at the end of the day, I don't care if you got a cool looking pastor or you got an old fashioned looking pastor. As long as you've got a pastor that'll preach you the uncompromised, unadulterated word of God, at the end of the day, cool glasses, wild hairdos, nice clothes and funky shoes and LED walls and lights and smoke and all of those things, none of that stuff will change hearts or transform lives. But my God, you just give me some people that are hungry for the power of God and you'll see people set free every single time. The gospel is power. The power to accomplish. The power to perform. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8 says this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. This is where I have a beef, though, sometimes. I've preached, maybe, maybe I've preached to the non-Pentecostals for a moment, but now let me preach to the Pentecostals in the room. Here's where I have a beef a lot of time with Pentecostals. Somebody that will be on fire this Sunday, worshiping. Praising, jumping, shouting, rejoicing. But next Sunday they come in and sit there like this. And look at the praise team. My Bible tells me Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he was worthy of all your energy and your praise last Sunday... He's worthy of all your energy and your praise this Sunday. Do you really think that everybody always comes in here feeling like doing this every Sunday? I was transparent with the 845 crowd, so I'll be transparent with you all. I was standing there at 845, and I thought, my goodness, I'm tired. I'm wore out. Is there any witnesses in the house today that VBS and Axios exhaustion is a real thing? It's a real thing. And I was sitting there, and I thought, man, I'm exhausted. I'd like to just sit here through the worship today. But what would y'all think if you came in here and I was sitting through the worship? Well, what's wrong with him today? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what did I do? I was tired, but I stood up. I clapped. I lifted my hands, and I worshiped him. You say, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm facing this week. I wasn't facing last week. I got a newsflash for you. It don't really matter. What Our circumstances never change his worthiness. What we're going through never changes his worthiness. If he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, if we've got the real power and we've got the real spirit, then it won't really matter what we're, what we're going through. We'll always offer him a sacrifice of worship and the praise that he deserves that's the gospel the good news Jesus is alive he rose from the dead that's not just something to celebrate on Easter he conquered death hell and the grave he conquered sickness and disease and bondage and fear and all of those things on our behalf and because he lives we live also and if we're alive we need to act like it say amen somebody resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. 
Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwells in you. Luke 4, 18 and 19. The spirit of the Lord Jesus was speaking is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. Set at liberty or make free them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The same anointing that was on Jesus then is to be on us now. We have the same authority and the same power to loose the captives, to set the prisoners free. Yes, to cast out devils and to heal the sick. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. But when people keep on sinning, it's going to get quiet now. It shows that they belong to the devil. I didn't write that. John the Revelator wrote that. When people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of Man came to destroy the works of the devil. See how very much, 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, see how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know Him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but He has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like Him, for we shall see Him as he really is he was the son of God manifested to destroy the works of the devil that's who he was now we are the sons and the daughters of God manifested to destroy the works of the devil that's what our job is sons and daughters of God are not just saved sinners sons and daughters of God are new creations the workmanship of God in Christ Jesus. Sons and daughters of God are anointed with the Holy Ghost. Sons and daughters of God have power and authority over the devil. If you are a child of God, you don't have to be afraid of the devil. Sons and daughters of God know that they are called, they are chosen, they are anointed, and they are appointed. Romans chapter 8 and verse 19. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who His children really are. You know what this scripture is saying? this morning this is saying that this world is waiting for the church to show up can I get a witness that's what the world is waiting on this morning that's what I'm waiting on too for the church to show up the world is waiting on for us to assume our rights and our privileges for us to stand up in our identity it's time that you know and you recognize who you are in Jesus we stand up in our identity with the power and the authority that we have in Jesus Christ and set them free. That's why they're so troubled. That's why there's so much turmoil. That's why there's so much confusion. The world is waiting for the church to show up and declare and decree through the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost that you don't have to be bound by that garbage. You can be set free. As believers and as saints and sons and daughters of God, we have a mission. And our mission is His commission. We're ambassadors of the kingdom of God. And Luke 17 and 21 tells us the kingdom of God is in us. Jesus did not put us here for us to hold the fort down until He comes back. He did not give us the Holy Spirit to be fort holding power. But He gave us the Holy Spirit to have the power to overcome. To overwhelm. To overthrow. To tread down and to take over. The Holy Ghost was given to us to empower us to manifest the kingdom of God. Isaiah chapter 10 
and verse 27. I'm almost done. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Why does the yoke get destroyed? Because of the anointing. See, that's the power of the Holy Ghost at work. That's the power of the anointing at work. Because the anointing will destroy every yoke. Isaiah does not tell us to mention or mention to us a name of a specific yoke because you know what? It doesn't really make any difference to the anointing. We're the ones that like to categorize them. Can I get a witness this morning? We're the ones that like to put sin in these different hierarchies but it doesn't make a difference to the anointing. The anointing will destroy every single yoke. And let me tell you something this morning. That's why we emphasize the importance of the Holy Spirit in your life in this church. That's why we'll always emphasize the importance of the Holy Spirit in your life. Some would say it's not necessary. Now, all that's not necessary. Trust me. Trust me. What happened last Sunday? Some folks will say it's not all necessary. That's not all necessary. But I want to tell you something this morning. I beg to differ. I said I beg to differ with you. If Jesus himself needed to be anointed with the Holy Ghost to have power, then you better believe you and I need that same anointing. Let me prove it to you from the Word. Is that all right? Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with what? Power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. God was with him God is with us. If Jesus Christ needed the power and he needed to be anointed by the Holy Ghost, you better believe you and I need the power and we need to be anointed by the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because without the anointing, none of the bondages are broken. Without the anointing, none of the yokes are broken. But the Bible tells us that same anointing, that same anointing breaks every, destroys every single yoke. Listen this morning. They can come to the music. Listen. You may call it cancer. You may call it heart disease or sugar diabetes or asthma or arthritis or epilepsy or uh, some other disease or disorder. You may call it drugs or alcohol or pornography. You may call it homosexuality or lesbianism. You may call it adultery or fornication. Maybe you call it debt, or poverty, or lack. You may call it fear, anxiety, or panic attacks. I personally know somebody who was taken to the emergency room. Thought for sure they was having a heart attack. But it was actually a severe anxiety panic attack. That's a real thing. Maybe that's what you call it, but I want to tell you something this morning. I don't care what name you call it. The yoke, whatever it is, is destroyed by the anointing. It's destroyed. There's power in the name of Jesus. If there's anything we do in the church world today, I believe one of the things that we do is we live far beneath our privileges as followers of Jesus Christ. You do not have to wrestle with the same Stress, the same anxiety, the same situation over and over 
and over. Jesus Christ came to set you free. And one of the things that I believe is, is many times there are believers in the church who are sitting there just as bound in many ways as those who maybe haven't never accepted Jesus before. Sure, those bondages are different. But I want to tell you, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have an authority that's been given you in His name. You have a power that is accessible to you by His Spirit. And you do not have to be entangled again with that same yoke of bondage. Paul said, be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage wherewith Christ has set you free. Stand therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free. And don't be entangled again with that yoke of bondage. You don't have to battle that same thing over and over. You just need to exercise the authority that's been given to you in the name of Jesus. And you can see... That yoke destroyed. If you'll stand with me all over the room this morning. It's not our power. It's His power. It's His anointing. It's in His name. He's given us the authority. And He's given us access to the power. Just as surely as those disciples were sent by Jesus. And Jesus was sent by the Father. We have also been sent by Jesus. And I have been sent by God to tell you this morning. He wants to make you free. I've been sent by God to announce to you this morning that Satan's dominion over your life is broken because of the power of Jesus and the power in His name. Every single member of the body of Christ is commissioned to partnership with the Holy Spirit to carry on the ministry of Jesus. What is that ministry, Pastor? It's the ministry of setting captives free. God has made the anointing accessible to us. He's given us whatever it takes to break the yoke. And the anointing, if you'll trust Him with it, can destroy that yoke today. Now, whether you're here, maybe you've never accepted Jesus before. You're walking around in bondage and you'll never understand the freedom that you'll know in Jesus Christ until you take that first step forward and allow Him to break that bondage in your life. So in just a moment, after I pray, we're gonna, they're going to sing and we're going to open this altar. And I want you to come if you've never accepted Jesus. I promise you this morning, there's a room full of people here that can testify to you. Jesus Christ will be the best decision you'll ever make in your life. But maybe you're here this morning and maybe you're a believer. You know what that yoke is to you. It's different for all of us. But if we're all honest, we've all got a yoke that we can bring this morning to be broken. So maybe you're here today and you're struggling with something that's, that's got you bound. Something that you need to be free from. Maybe you just need to lay it down at the foot of the cross. They're going to sing. We're going to open this altar. And I want to invite as many people that we Listen, one of the things we do in this church is we have a thing called altar service. And we come, because I don't know about you, I love every one of you. But when I'm going through it, y'all can't help me. But he's never failed me yet. I said, he's never failed me yet. And every time I come to the foot of the cross, I find exactly what I need. So I'm going to pray this morning and I'm going to challenge as many of you that will to come lay whatever it is.